everyone. Welcome to the family room of the rock. There's a number of faces I don't recognize. Welcome. It's good to have you all here this morning. Thank you, praise team, for getting us ready to hear, putting us in the right state of mind. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. We thank you for what Jesus did on the cross. Father God, we thank you for sending your Son to save us. And Father, prepare our hearts and minds to hear what it is you want us to hear. May my mouth speak what you want me to speak. May I stay focused on you. In the name of Jesus, amen. You know, preparing for these messages can be interesting at times. I always think it's going to go a different way, or it's going to go this way, or it's going to go that way. And I had jotted some notes down, and yesterday morning I sat down and I'm like, okay, God, all right, let's get to business. Let's really, let's really get this down to what you want me to say. Just clear as a bell, I heard. Why don't you say what I already gave you? I'm like, okay, good enough. Freed up my day a lot. I thought I would be spending my day sitting in the, in the office repairing and helped my son work on his car, got to play with my grandson, got to do all kinds of things. Sometimes we just got to do what God wants us to do and say what God wants us to say. Well, about a week ago, we had a lot of snow. And as you can tell right now, it's kind of cold outside, so you know, spring is supposed to be tomorrow, but it seems like it's still winter. But a week ago on a Friday, I happened to have the day off, which was unusual for me. I don't like to take days off. I like to work. But I had the day off, and one of the things I really enjoy doing is going to Gall's Woods and walking in the woods. And it had snowed that day, and so there was a lot of snow. And so I was pretty excited about being able to go out into the woods and see all that snow and just the peace and quiet, collect my thoughts because my job is hectic. And so I started walking in there, and I'm like, man, this is beautiful. And then I start walking down the trail, there's branches. They're hanging in the way, and I'm ducking, and I'm going around, and I'm moving around trying to go down the trail because it's kind of blocked. And I began to see that that snow on the trees had become a burden to those trees. The trees didn't have any choice. They had to accept what was laid on them. It was there. Now, some of the trees, they had decided to keep their leaves, which were dead and dry, and they just collected more snow, so they bent a little bit more. Those trees were just stuck. They had to bend, or they had to snap and break. And God designed them in that way that they would bend, but not break. They didn't get too much of a load. And they were stuck with that load 
until someone or something different would come along and touch them and brush that snow off. Whether that would be someone walking down the trail, bumping into the branches, knocking the snow off, or a gentle breeze coming along and causing those branches to move and shake that off. But as I walked, I just kept going and ducking under some, and some I would walk up and just grab hold of the branch and just give it a little tug. And those branches would snap right back up. The trees would go right back up to what they were supposed to be once they let go of that load. Once they let go of everything that was carrying them, was burdening them. But you know, it all looked the same. It looked beautiful. I mean, it really looked good. But yet, how could something that looked so beautiful be a burden? And the Lord spoke to me about that and about our burdens, how the touch of Jesus, how the gentle breeze of the Holy Spirit blowing on you, getting you to move, can get you to let go of your burdens. Well, I looked up what a burden is. Merriam-Webster dictionaries just says something that's carried. Okay, so you know it's a load, you know, or it's just a responsibility. It's something that all of us have, right? I mean, we all have something that we're supposed to do, something that's we're to carry. But when I think of a burden, or maybe when you think of a burden, it's something heavy. It's something that's putting weight on us. It's holding us down or pushing us down. It's heavy. A burden can be something that's put on us, or it can be something that we pick up and take up on our own. Sometimes, you know, it could be something like our boss giving us something extra to do, or an unexpected deadline. I need this now. Maybe it's an illness. Or maybe it's those things that we think we're supposed to do and we just pick them up along the way and we decide we need to do them just because it needs to be done. So I'm going to do it. I'm the only one that can do it, right? Maybe it's those expectations we put on ourselves, those things that we think we're supposed to do and we're supposed to do them in this way. And so it becomes a burden. Maybe there are payments. Maybe we decided to overextend ourselves and now we're tied to having to make this payment, so I have to do this. Can you think of any burdens in your life? I'll give you just a second to pause and think about what burdens are on your shoulders. What are you carrying? You know, I could even say that this morning, I could let the, this opportunity to speak and share be a burden or it can be a blessing. Depending on how I look at it, how I perceive what I'm doing, is this something that I'm supposed to do or is it something I'm making myself do or is this something someone dumped on me? Or is it something God wanted me to do? And if it's something God wanted me to do, then it's easier to do because I know He's here with me. Now we have the choice. 
We have the choice if we want to carry our burdens or if we don't. Trees don't have a choice. Most things that we think about as burdens are really self-inflicted. We put them on ourselves. We take on too much. We lose focus of what is important. We think we're capable of doing more than we are. And we never bothered to ask God or talk to Him about, should I really do this? Should I pick this up? When we're doing something we're supposed to do, and when we know what we're supposed to do, the load really isn't that heavy. And it's not a burden. I'd like to look at Mark 6, 30 through 44. You may say, how is this connected to burdens? But this is what the Lord gave me. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Obviously, the disciples here are burdened, right? They're tired, they're wore out, there's a lot going on. They're carrying this load with them. What does Jesus tell them? Come on with me, get some rest. Let's go, come on, we're going to go get some rest. Reading on, so they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Did they find that place of rest? Now, if Jesus tells me, hey, come on, we're going to go to a quiet place and we're going to get some rest, what do you picture in your mind? I picture being out on a hiking trail, nice campsite, get my tent set up, chilled out, laid back, nobody around, nothing but peace and quiet. Isn't that what we think of when we think of getting some rest? Just peace and quiet, nobody bother me. Maybe you're thinking about being on a beach. You know, just chilling, soaking up some sunshine, especially when it's cold up here. We could be down south in Florida soaking up some rays. It'd be great, wouldn't it? But did they find rest? Did Jesus take on more than he should? He's still teaching them. He's saying, well, come on, we should go. Was he doing what he was sent to do? That's an interesting question, isn't it? Is he doing what he was told to do? If he knew what he needed to do, then it really wouldn't be a burden. The other part of this is, Jesus wasn't thinking of himself at this point. He was thinking about others. He was thinking about I was sent to do this. This is part of it. I can do this. I can do it with the help of the Father. Let's read on. By this time it was late in the day, so the disciples, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said. 
and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Okay, so are the disciples thinking about themselves? Or are they thinking, hey, we need to get rid of these people. We need that quiet time. We need the chill time. We need to collect our thoughts. Or are they thinking, these people are going to be hungry. It's getting late. They need to go get something to eat. What's going on here? Are the disciples picking up a burden here? Are they starting to pick up on things and starting to carry things that they don't need to worry about? We go on. But he, Jesus, answered, You give them something to eat. They said to him, That would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? What's happening? This is, this is supposed to be their quiet time. But now they've got to feed somebody. At least that's what they're thinking. They're thinking, it's up to me. I, I, that's not what I came here for. We were supposed to go relax. This is the way it was supposed to be. We weren't supposed to have all these people. Now we have all these people here. You're still teaching them. Now you want us to spend our money to go get them some food. What are they doing? Are they trusting? Or are they going on what they have. Let's read on. How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Take the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was five thousand. We look at this from a perspective of burdens. What happened? Do you see that point where the disciples were thinking, This guy must be nuts? What is he thinking? What does he expect us to do? Put yourself in their shoes, in their place. They're overworked, they're tired, they're wore out, haven't had any time to eat, needing a break, and now they've got a boss that wants them to do more. But it was what God wanted them to do. It really shouldn't have been a burden. It really wasn't a burden to Jesus. He just did it. It's not a burden until we put ourselves out in front of the needs of others and what we were intended to do. If I start looking at, I don't get to do this now because I got to do this, it becomes a burden. But if I'm seeing the joy in this miracle, I mean, look at this miracle that happened right in front of their eyes. What did they experience by going along, being there, listening to what Jesus told them? 
Jesus asked him to do something, the disciples kind of freaked out a little bit. They picked up the load at that point. They started carrying a burden. But they went to Jesus, who took that load. They brought what they had and gave it to Jesus, trusting what he was going to do. Jesus, in turn, talked to the Father. God provided. That bread and fish was multiplied to that point of overflow, to that point of not just filling a need, but being a blessing. The story doesn't end there. Let's read on in Mark 6, 45 to 52. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. Immediately, immediately after this huge miracle, they could have stayed chilled out. They had 12 baskets full of bread and fish. They could have gotten refreshed. Or was there a reason they needed to move on? Was it be, did they need to move on before the crowds could convince them that they were wonderful people? That they had powers? They could do all kinds of things. Or would they want Jesus to do even more? They didn't want to go. Did you catch that? Jesus made his disciples. That's showing that he, they didn't want to go. They wanted to stay in that moment. Anybody been around miracles or where you feel the presence of God? You don't want to leave. You just want to hang out. Bask in the glory. But he's saying, go. Get out of here. I need you to go. They're like, Okay. So they went. So we read on, after leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. You know, I've always pictured this as a storm. I've always pictured this as a storm for some reason. But we're told... It was the wind that was against them. It's just the wind. Wind is normal, isn't it? Don't we always experience wind? If you're from northwest Ohio, it's windy outside, right? We're always going to have wind. May just be at your back, maybe at your side, and sometimes it's coming at you from the front but you're always going to have wind. This is everyday life. Everyday life, there's going to be some wind in our lives. Yet they were struggling. Do you sometimes struggle? We sometimes struggle just with everyday life. And I want you to notice as we read on here, Jesus didn't do anything right away. Right? He saw the disciples straining at the oar because the wind was against them. 
So does this mean this is not a problem? I don't know. Not every perceived problem necessarily needs attention right away. What will you do during the waiting, during that testing time? What would they do? Would they keep going? Would they give up? Let the wind push them back? What would they do? As we read on, shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by. What? He didn't walk right out to them, to the boat? He didn't make a beeline to them? He saw they were struggling. It says he was about to pass them by. Doesn't mean he was making that beeline for that boat. He knew they were okay. He knew they were going to make it. But when they saw him walking on the water, because he's passing by, when I think of somebody passing by, that means it's already almost past him, right? Is that almost passed by? They saw him and got scared. Fear came into them. They could have made it, but they got afraid. Reading on, 49. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Immediately. Again, immediately. He, gets, he spoke to them. Again, they weren't afraid of the wind. They had been out there all night going against this wind. But when they didn't recognize Jesus or know who He really was is when they became afraid. Verse 51, then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. They did not understand who Jesus was, which meant they could not understand his power or authority. Where did Jesus meet them? out in the lake, out in the middle of their struggle. Out in the middle of the struggle is when Jesus got in the boat with them. He met them where they were at. They had not yet realized who Jesus was. They were struggling. This can all be a picture of the struggle that we have of getting to know who Jesus is. Jesus came out and met them where they were at, just like He will come meet us where we are at. Once they had Jesus in the boat with them, 
the wind or those struggles of life calm down. They still had to get to where they were going. They still had to struggle. I shouldn't maybe say struggle, but they still had to keep at the oars. They still had to keep going. They could have turned around. They could have gone back, but they kept going. Just because we have Jesus in our life does not mean our struggles end. Like I said, they still had to keep rowing to get to the other side. They still had to keep going. They couldn't stop. They had to take Jesus. The wind wasn't the problem. Fear was. Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. lays it out for us. Take it to God. Take it to Him. Look to Him. Get to know Him. It's the life of a Christian. You're going to be going against the wind. But we don't need to be concerned if we have Jesus with us or if you have Jesus with you. Things become burdens when there's a difference between what I want and what God wants. Or if there's a difference between what I want and what I get. Because then that frustration is on me. That creates that internal frustration. If I'm trusting Jesus, if I'm trusting the Father to get me to where I want to go, or where He wants me to go, then I'll find that internal peace. You know, I talked about the snow in Gall's Woods. There's a lot of things that can be burdens on our life. That snow can be a burden. It can be beautiful. Which is it? Is it beautiful or is it a burden? Some people like to play in the snow. Some people look at it as work because you have to move it. It all depends on our perspective of what it is. Did God put this here for me? Jesus had, I should say, Jesus said, as recorded in Matthew 11:30, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What he has for us is not difficult. We're going to be harnessed to something. I remember when Trey gave one of his messages and he talked about everything having a cost. Everything has a cost. We choose what we're willing to pay for things. But everything has a cost, whether it's relationships, 
whether it's work, whether it's our time, everything has a cost. And we have to figure out, is that cost worthwhile? When we're working towards Jesus, working for Jesus, cost isn't much. Because it's eternal life, it's peace, and it's peace now. It's not just down the road when we're in eternity with Him. It's now. We can have that peace in us if we let Him put that peace in us. We can pick up all those burdens, all the crud of life. We can leave it on us. Or we can go to Him and say, I can't do this. Help me, I need you. And we can let it go. We can let Jesus touch us and knock it off. Or we can hang on to it and say, I'm not going to let this go. And I can keep it. But it's up to us. Jesus was watching his disciples. He saw them up on the mountain. He knew exactly what was going on. He was aware of their need. He's aware of our needs. It wasn't the wind that was the problem. It was needing to know who Jesus really is. They knew Jesus. We can all know who Jesus is, but we might not know Jesus. We need to take the time to get to know Jesus. That's why Jesus always went away to connect with the Father. We need to take that time where we're getting away and connecting with Him so that we can be led. So that He can show us what we need to let go of and that He can take those burdens. The disciples didn't have much. Five loaves and two fish. For 5,000 people. But they gave it to him. And it was multiplied. And it met the need. Each of us has specific giftings. Specific talents. We may not think we have anything. But those little bits of things that we can give to Jesus and we can truly turn over to Him, we can let go, is what He will use and do a miracle for you. It's not what you can do. It's what He can do when you let Him do it. I could go on about burdens and how you can recognize if you have a burden. But we all know when we're burdened, right? When we're getting edgy, cranky, tired, all those kind of things, right? We're, we've, we've picked up some burdens. But is that really what we need to focus on? We just need to focus on communicating with God. Mark 6.31 says, Come with me by yourselves and get and rest. You know, if we look at that, the disciples, I don't know if they really got rest. The rest that, you know, I pictured. 
But in this journey, they found out who Jesus really was. They had been hanging out with him. But now they're really starting to understand who he is. Jesus will meet you wherever you're at. I'm going to share a little story about what happened to me this past week. Hopefully my wife won't beat me up too bad. For some reason, this past week, we started talking about our house, and we like to renovate. I'm, I'm a big DIY guy. So there's always things we want to do. And then we started having a discussion of should we do this to the house or should we get a different house? So, went online. Computers are wonderful things. Went online. Went on Zillow. Found a house on a river with a pond on a hill. Fantastic views. House looked good. Hey, let's call our nephew. He's a realtor in that area. Let's, let's check it out. So we made the appointment. Oh, there's all these requirements you got to do before you can come see this house. They want to make sure you can pay for it. Linda checked all that stuff out, got everything lined up. We're good to go. Man, this is looking great. This is going to be so awesome. Four bedrooms. Walkout basement. This is going to be awesome. The grandkids are going to love us. So we have this time to wait. We had to wait a whole extra day before we could go see this house. And so I'm, I'm thinking, this is, this is just going to be awesome. But is this what I'm supposed to do? So the night before... I'm already praying, Lord, we're supposed to have this house. I want you to show me an eagle. I want to see an eagle. Lord, I want you to show me an eagle flying to the house or towards the house. Well, you know, that could be anything. Lord, I want you to show me an eagle flying towards the house, and if I'm not supposed to get the house, I want you to show me the eagle flying away from the house. So, the big day came. Driving over, I'm still praying. Lord, eagle flying away, going to. I'm pretty confident it's going to, right? I am, I am confident. We get to this house. We walk in the front door. Oh, this is awesome. This is great. Well, there's a step here, but I'll get used to it. I'll get used to it. Oh, there's another step over here. That'll be fine. I'll get used to it. There were steps all over, but I'll get used to it. The house was decorated the way we like it. Move-in ready, ready to go. The views. I could just sat there and just stared out the window all day. It was awesome. Check out the rest of the house, the basement. 
bedrooms downstairs, walk out, everything's perfect. Plenty of room for all the family, grandkids, everybody can be there, everything will be great. Checked out the garage, and the garage was, eh, it's okay. A little small. I got a lot of tools, okay? I like to work on my car, I like to work on stuff, need space. All right. Ah, where am I gonna, what am I going to do with all my shop stuff? Where's my table saw? All those other things are going to go. Well, we'll find a place. We go outside. Walk down the hill to the pond. Oh, this pond was beautiful. It was clear. The water was nice and settled out, so it was clear. You could see down into the water. It was beautiful. Right on the river. Oh, it's great. This is This is great. Walked up the hill, got up the top of the hill, and I'm like, man, that's a workout. Boy, my calves are screaming, but I'm like, hey, it's okay, it's okay. Great backpacking training. You know? I'm like, well, haven't seen an eagle. You know, eh, Lord's not going to, you know what? He's not, he's not going to show up, you know, that, that's, that's just, you know, my thinking. We go back in and we're pondering things over again and we look in the garage and I'm like, well, garage ceiling's kind of low. guess we can't hang the kayaks up there, which we're going to use on the river. Well, it's okay. We can take them down the hill, put them around back under the, this nice big full long deck with the big sunroom up there and everything. It'll fit underneath there. It'll be all right. You know, we'll, we'll get used to hauling them up the the hill when we want to go somewhere else. I said, I just need to go sit down in the house or go in the house one more time. I went in the house and I had this nice long couch facing out the window with this beautiful fireplace over here, gas so I didn't have to worry about wood. Sat down, looked out the window there was that eagle. There was that eagle. Now mind you, where I was sitting, I could see this direction. Couldn't see that direction, but I could see this direction. And that eagle was going away. Now mind you, I'm getting teared up up here because this place was awesome. I could have seen the eagle fly up the river. He obviously went up the river. Our nephew told us, yeah, the nest is down there. I could have seen him fly up the river. But that moment when the eagle was visible to me, it was flying away from the house. I'm going to rat on you here, Linda. I said, well, not buying the house. He says, well, you can't make this big a decision on an eagle. Right? Right, we gotta, we got to do the logical thing, you know. Bank says, you know, it's okay. We got the money. We can do this. But in reality, it probably would have been one of the biggest mistakes we made. There were steps all over this house. 
I'm over 60. I don't need steps all over my house. I need... Right? You know, that's fine. When you're young, you can bounce up and down those steps. But I tend to be a little bit forgetful and, you know, I'm carrying stuff around and not thinking about what I'm doing and, you know, you, all of a sudden there's a strange step there and down you go. My son was over yesterday. We worked in the garage, you know, working on his car. I couldn't do that in this garage. I wouldn't have had any place to put all my tools without spending a whole bunch more money and I don't know how or where to make it work. But we were going to make it work because we were so in love with what we saw. Our emotions got the best of us. But if we include God in our decisions, if we give Him the opportunity to answer our questions, He is faithful and He will answer them. But then we have to listen. I have to listen. I had to be willing to give up on that dream of owning that house. Because it really wasn't where I was supposed to be. I don't know if I'm going to stay in the house that we're at or if we're going to end up somewhere else. But Lord, wherever you want me, that's where I'm going to go. And it's not going to be a burden. Buying that house probably would have become a burden because there was many things that I would have needed to do I've got a zero-turn mower, but all the neighbors had tractors with buckets and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'd have probably needed to make some changes. But there would have been all these things that would have had to happen because I wasn't following what I was supposed to do. I would have picked up a burden unnecessarily. And it looked beautiful just like that snow in Gall's Woods was beautiful. We've got to choose what we're going to pick up, what load, what burdens we're going to take. And then we need to trust Him that whatever we take to Him, He's going to help us out. Let the Holy Spirit move you. Let Jesus touch you. And walk in peace as you go on about this life. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you are with us. That you see the struggles that we have in life. And that you provide the opportunities for us to let go of viewing things as a struggle, as a burden, Lord, and that we can turn it over to you and that you will use us in the ways that you have prepared for us.
and that those pathways that you have prepared for us, those things to do, we will accomplish them and they will not be burdensome, Lord. But they will be joy and we will have peace regardless of the circumstances that we go through. And Father, I just thank you for the peace that's here this morning, the stillness and the quiet. And Lord, the joy of the children running around, reminding us of the freedom that you have given us, the freedom to make choices. And Lord, whether we make a right choice or a wrong choice, you're with us. And you'll guide us through all the circumstances. In the name of Jesus, amen. If anyone needs prayer this morning, we'll be up here for you. Otherwise, have an awesome day winter day yet. Spring is tomorrow, so remember, tomorrow it'll be beautiful, it'll be nice. Enjoy your day.